drive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Golf Picks with the Plotniks. I am Dino the Pig, joined as always by my brother, the farmer, Jared Plotnik, coming off of a tournament of champions. An insane back nine, John Rom storms back. How'd you end up faring on that one with the Morikawa choke? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm never going to be on John Rom in that situation. Great storm back, awful choke. I feel bad for Morikawa backers all over. Shout out our friend Eric. Uh, brutal loss. Those are always the worst, but that's part of golf. Uh, we had one of those last year in Maui. Um, Maui. I almost said Maui. I don't know why I said that, but like in Maui Reagan, last year. Reagan Maui, the fullback? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about, old Dolphins fullback. So, yeah, good call, Brandon. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, last year, Henley did the same thing, essentially, that Morikawa did. Uh, yeah, it sucks. I feel bad for all betters out there. Shout out myself, like, with Mito Pereira at the PGA last year. Well, I can't feel too bad myself. One reason that you give yourself – Oftentimes, a smaller betting card is that you give yourself chances to bet some stuff live. And <laughs> I couldn't have been better timing, but 14 to 1 odds, John Rahm was sitting there four or five holes into his round, sitting five or six shots back. I mean, obviously, that's a prayer, but to get 14 to 1, that was better than his, his pre tournament odds. And I hit that. And wow, I mean, just it's absurd. I think he had a six-stroke lead that was negated in the span of like six holes or something like that. Maybe something even faster, but pretty insane charge by John Rom shoots 10 under on Sunday. That'll do it at a birdie fest to give yourself a chance. But we move forward. We've got this Sony open. We are still in Hawaii moving over to Wailai Country Club. We've seen this course many times, and this tournament's been around for quite some years. Par 70, 7,000 yards, still on Bermuda grass greens. Now, I, what I find interesting, I mean, obviously they're both in Hawaii, but as many people know, Hawaii is made up of basically hundreds, I, mean, I think maybe even thousands of islands, and they are moving over to a different island here, and this course is going to play extremely different than what we've seen in the past. So, or sorry, not in the past, what we've seen at last week at the Kapalua course, plantation course. Your previous winners here, Hideki Matsuyama, reigning champion, as you mentioned, Russell Henley, I think had a five-shot lead going into the day and just absolutely imploded. Hideki squeaks out a victory at minus 23 before that. We got winners of the likes of Kevin Na, Cam Smith, Kucher, Kazire, Justin Thomas is one here, Fabian Gomez, Jimmy Walker. I think there's one common theme between a lot of those names that we just, or I just mentioned, and that is short guys that are phenomenal on approach play and don't tend to be good putters, but have those spike weeks. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, pretty common handicap for a course like this. We see a handful of these throughout the year. And, uh, yeah, you got to get hot with the wedges and have a good putting week, which is really what it comes down to. Someone who normally doesn't do that uh, in the past, the decky last year, wins here getting red hot with the putter, his best putting performance of his life, right? So, in my opinion, a lot of this is uh, in courses like these at least are not really what you can handicap, right? So you just kind of, in my opinion, uh, as I normally talk about, running through with – I, I and 
courses like this, I tend to go bigger cards, deeper down, get more long shots. Why? I think there's more variables involved with those variables. I want to have more shots at winning with a hot putter. So last week we saw the widest fairways on tour this week. I wouldn't say that they're extremely narrow, like hitting fairways is the, of the utmost importance, but uh, certainly a lot more narrow. This is a tree lined course. So it's not as open as we saw at Kapalua. I mean, that kind of just any, any of these seaside courses that have a little bit of variable with the trees, think of places like Harbor town, Sedgefield, uh, shorter tracks, that require a little bit of preciseness off the tee and then relying on being able to shape your ball a little bit on your approach shot around some of these trees. There's a lot of bunkers on this course, 83, four holes that have water hazards on them, which isn't much. So that that's not going to be a huge issue. I think you hit the nail on the head. We're looking at, at a shorter course, certainly teams or players that, are going to put themselves in position off the team, AKA just does not matter how long you are. You could club down and really just get hot with those irons, the short irons and those wedges. And Hey, you got to be able to putt, putt for show. What does it say? Putt for show something with dough. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Way to go for the thing that you completely butchered, which is drive for show and putt for dough. That's, that's the saying. Yeah. Whatever. Don't care. Just make your fucking putts losers. All right. It's a little bit about the course. We've seen this plenty of times before. No need to dive too deep into it. I will go ahead and let's just jump right into the odds boards. I haven't seen anything weather-wise that would give me any caution here. So I, I think that that's something, of course, we could look at later into the week. But let's just jump right into the odds board. Your outright favorite this week, Ju Young, quote-unquote, Tom Kim is your outright favorite around 10 to 1, 12 to 1, depending on your book. Sung J.M., Jordan Spieth, Brian Harmon, Hideki Matsuyama, reigning champion. That is your 10 to 20 range. So certainly a little bit of top heavy, because as you could tell, I just mentioned Brian Harmon <laughs> was a top four favorite here. But if we just negate him and you got Hideki Spieth, Sung J. Tom Kim, top heavy, and then pretty steep drop off after that. Uh, in that 20 to 50 range, we start to get to the Corey Connors is the Russell Henley's hoagies, Horschel's, et cetera. You already alluded to this not too long ago, mentioning this is the type of tournament that you'll be eyeing building a fatter card further down the board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's look, that's just kind of what I go with teach your own. That's not your, bread and butter so be it but to me i like a lot of guys that are good for you to putters on shorter courses and give red hot uh, and be good with their wedges i'd rather take more stabs down the board with guys like that obviously you can make a case for jung ho or i like to just say tom kim uh i really like sung jm this week personally 12 to 1 um but again make i can make a case for all these guys at the top of the board it's just it's just not for me in weeks like this brandon Understandable. I tend to agree. I will say if you want to take a stab at the top, wouldn't fault you here. Tom Kim coming off of a top five finish last week at the Tournament of Champions in his debut, which a lot of people say is one of those events slash courses that you'll need to see a few times to be successful. Apparently not for Tom Kim. Sung J.M., on the other hand, was top three in the field in ball striking numbers, but 
I believe dead last or bottom two or three in strokes game putting could not get the putter going really ruined his week. Not a great finish from him. And we saw a big spike week from Jordan Spieth was sitting atop the leaderboard for pretty much from Thursday all the way until Sunday and then kind of trickled down. I think it was late Saturday on uh, not, not the best finish for him, but could I blame you for taking speed at 16 to one in this type of field? Certainly not. I just don't think I could get low enough on Sung Jay and Tom Kim down there in that range, but lots of options out there, including your reigning champion, Hideki Matsuyama, who Jared, you were on last week as well. Why not go back to the well yet again? Yeah, honestly, I could see worse. I mean, I'm seeing a 20 to one on Hideki. Um, it just last week he got it quote unquote done, which not that he played well, but he got it done with the aspects of things that I wouldn't want to see out of him. He lost strokes, ball striking. He did it all with the putter, which is, I mean, that's what he did last year, but when Hideki's going to really play to a ceiling, which is what you want in the outright card, he's got to be having his irons dialed in and last week losing strokes with his irons. That's just enough for me to be off of him this week. Yeah. Hideki. Some phenomenal course history here. Defending champion, of course, last year, uh, a 19th place finish, 2021, and 2020-12th place. So really got a good eye for this course. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And on top of it, if I just look over the last 36 rounds, I mentioned accuracy is going to be pretty important here, but – I mean, Hideki's just, he's not hitting the ball far off the tee. I mean, two, 295 yard average, that's thats pretty damn short in comparison these days. And only a 56% driving accuracy number, meaning fairways that he's hitting. I think that if he puts himself in trouble off the tee, I don't care how good that short game is. I don't know if it's going to be able to make up for it. So I think I'm going to pass on Hideki in this situation. And I'm, I think I'm going to go balance build, just like you mentioned, and try to attack some of these people uh, a little bit further down the board so that I get a little bit more options and can build a fatter card. So we'll move to the 20 to let's just call it the 20 to 50 range or so, because there's a lot of guys in here. And there's big varying numbers. Uh, the most popular guy I'm seeing out there, uh, ownership on DraftKings outrights at 22 to one odds is Corey Connors. I am not a Corey Connors guy at all. What are your, what are your thoughts on everybody being all over Corey Connors this week? Yeah, I mean, it's just not going to be for me. And that may be a biased initial look because shout out Jason Sobel. Uh, that's his one pick to win this week, which means he's not going to win. Ah, Sobel Moosh. But giving real analysis, I mean, yeah, three top 12 finishes here in his last three appearances here. But in all those appearances, he popped with his putter. Corey Connors isn't winning here when his putter putter is on. I don't know how he is going to win here. Uh, Chances are that putter that tends to be balky for him will get balky again, even at a course he's comfortable with. That's such a big number. I mean, I could easily am passing on Corey Connors this week in the outright market. I certainly tend to agree. All right. I'll just keep moving down. Yeah. We got to, we got to start disagreeing because I mean, let's get going, dude. I mean, what's going on here. We can't just agree with everything until we start hitting winner after winner. Then it makes sense to agree. Well, we're heading down the board and finding a name that you were on last week and 
by golly, would I be surprised if you didn't take him yet again? That's Tom Hoagie, Mr. House Money at 25 to 1. And I am not biting the bullet on Tom Hoagie. I know he's coming off of a top five finish last week, but he has played. I mean, he's he's had some spike weeks here. He's missed the cut three out of the last five years that he's played here. He's got a top 12 finish and then a top five, but all the way back in 2018. Not, I don't, I mean, I, just, I don't have much reasoning other than I, the course history. And honestly, it's just the number 25 to one. Like give me Tom Kim or Tom Kim, Tom Hoagie. I'll take Tom Kim at this number too, but give me Tom, Tom Hoagie, you know, 50 to one or above, but at 20, 25 to one, I am out. Yeah. I mean, hard look at Tom Hoagie, of course, the guy in a loaded field last week leads uh, in strokes gained approach by two shots over the guy's uh, second place behind him. I mean, this on paper is a great course for Hoagie. If he can just have one of his popping putting weeks, why again, comparison course to a Pebble beach or a, a Wyndham or an RBC heritage short courses where you just rely when it comes to just striping your wedges and just hoping that you get a hot putter. What does Hoagie do better than anyone hit those little short hundred, 125 yard wedges. He just has to run into a good putting week. Do I want to take him at this 25, 22 number? I mean, I love him to death. I'm, I'll be profitable on him until I'm 80 years old at this rate, even if I want to hit another winner. But um, I, I don't think I'm going to get there at 25 to 1, even though the numbers from last week certainly check out. Interesting. Thought you were going to be on that one. In this range, in my first official bet of – the Sony Open, give me making his, I wouldn't say, eh, I think it actually is his season debut. He has not played, uh, he played CJ Cup and Zozo. But making his 2023 debut is Cameron Davis, the Aussie. Really love what I see out of this guy. I mean, having an, had an unbelievable year last year and just so damn consistent for starters, when we talk about consistency, he's played at this event three times, made the cup all three times, never finished worse than T29. So, and, and that includes a top 10 finish as well. On top of it, let's just take a little peek back into what kind of season that Cameron Davis had last year and how he got it done, primarily with the approach play. If I just go back when this when the heater began, it was right after the PGA championship. We go to the Charles Schwab. He finishes T7, gains 3.2 on approach. Next week, the Memorial gains 3.5 on approach. John Deere, another top 10 finish, 4.41 points. And then just rattles off three straight top 20 finishes at the 3M. Uh, and that wasn't even including uh, top 10 Barracuda, which I don't have show scheme data on. But then goes on a tear with top 15, uh, 16 finishes at 3M, Rocket Mortgage, FedEx, St. Jude, where he gains on approach and all of those and ball striking as well. And then what do I love about a guy that's a great ball striker? With having with being this hot right now and I think charging and making his way towards the top 25 of the official golf rankings is at this tournament, the putter. And I mean, the guy has gained putting in – it looks like 10 of his last 13 events and he has huge spike weeks as well. Things that you want to see short game is there. He's just gaining strokes total up the wazoo. 
had an unbelievable year. I don't expect that to change. He's a young guy. I think he's going to come out. He's long off the tee and accurate. Get the approach play going, the putters going. Everything to me screams take Cameron Davis at beautiful odds here. You can get Cam Davis anywhere between 30 to 35 to 1, and that's where I'm going to start my card. Yeah, can't blame you. Good course fit, good profile. I like it. Um, I'm going to go at the same number, though, I mean, depending on the book, where I'm going to start my card, and, man, someone that I hate betting. But, again, this week I'm playing numbers and upsides. And so I have 33 to 1. I'm going to start with Billy Horschel. Not the biggest fan of Billy Horschel. The reason why his number is subdued is you're seeing there's a lot of talk from him last week saying he didn't really like his swing. Round one, he was atrocious, really bad. Then he really put it together, played good, um, just kind of rallied down the stretch. His approach number is really what stuck out to me. When he, when he's playing his best, he's hitting, um, he's playing great on approach. And in a loaded field last week, he gained 3.5 strokes on approach, which is what I love to see. Just He bled like two and a half around the green, which is unlike him, and uh, barely gained putting. And where does Billy Horschel tend to, to really pop is in the putting category. Uh, and he, he tends to, when, he, when he's going to, Rise to the top of leaderboards. He does that with a flat stick. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity for him. He loves Bermuda. Obviously, you know, he's a UF guy growing up down in Gainesville, playing golf down there, always playing on Bermuda. You get him now on a different kind of Bermuda from last week, as you mentioned at the beginning. You don't have um, the undulation, the, the weird slow greens this week. You're going back to normal Bermuda flat putting surfaces, which to me really feeds into the hands of the good putters so i think at 33 to 1 for billy horsley even though i hate to do it i hate to bet on him but i feel like you're getting value just based off some comments from last week in a poor first round uh, i think he gets it back together and um and i think that the upside's there for him at, at this number when you have a uh, you have guys that don't win like Harmon, connors henley at half the odds i'll gladly take a guy that's been a proven winner on the pga tour six top 10 finishes last season including a win at the memorial well, that was the they did they do two tournaments there, but the one presented by Workday. So, well, I guess in over the last few years, anyways, six top ten finishes. Secret sneaky year by Billy Ho. I gotta admit, I mean, he tends to to rattle off for a random win here or there, but pretty consistent all around the board. Not missing many cuts. A lot of top twenty fives and top tens. My concern with Billy Ho is losing strokes. Off the tee, five of his last six weighted events. If you lose strokes off the tee this week, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. But besides that, the profile fits. The number seems adequate. As you mentioned, you're getting double, almost double the odds on him that you get on Brian Harmon. I mean, what the hell are the books doing? Very weird to me. I don't understand that at all. What is Brian Harmon won two times on tour? Billy Ho's got to be, you know, pushing six to eight. Career wins I mean, on the tour. Yeah, he's probably won more than Harmon, Connors, and Henley combined. That's my point. We're we're not we're betting here for upside. We're not betting like I don't know. I understand Harmon. Every he checks all the boxes when it comes to course fit. Whole nine yards there, but he doesn't win. So <laughs> we want the guy that wins. Other than that, there's no point to be betting in the outright market. So it's your own if, if that's for you this week. It's just uh, I don't think there's one person on the board I would be further away from betting than Brian Harmon at eighteen to one. Tend to agree. Tend to agree. I know we wanted to have some disagreements, but I'm with you. I mean, Billy Ho's not for me. I, I prefer Cam Davis in this spot. But as we move down the board, we'll just kind of keep 
if there's a name that stands out to you, feel free to shout it. Adam Scott certainly stood out. 40 to one. You can get some places. Not had a great ball striking week last week. Could not putt to save the, the life of him. And I love there's also a trend. I believe it's is it nine out of the last 10 winners here played the week before at the tournament of champions, something like that. It's like seven of eight or nine to 10, something like that, which that bodes well for Adam Scott on the narrative did play last week. I just think it's a good number at the end of the day, but I just, I don't know. I didn't bite the bullet (laughs) rooting for Adam Scott is, is very troubling uh, on a Sunday when he's in contention as people probably learned the hard way at the Wyndham not too long ago. So I'm out on that, but in this area, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of out on a lot of these guys. I think you can get a little bit of a discounted price on Taylor Montgomery, who in the swing season was about 20 to one. Most of the time you can find up to 40 to one out there. I know JJ spawn had a big spike week last week. I think that that number is a little bit too uh, low slash high, however you want to look at it. And the guy who caught my eye in this area was Christian Bazidenhout. Another guy. I mean, he's coming from the European tour. Like he had his first full season last year, but outside of that, I mean, this guy is just steady Eddie. Even if I go to the, to Europe, which he played a lot in during the swing season, coming off the T26 at the Alfred Dunhill links, T3, T5, during that three-week stretch that he took overseas. He played at just, I mean, going back to the end of last year, he hasn't missed a cut on the PGA Tour since the Travelers, which is of June of last season. And where does he gain almost all of his strokes? Unfortunately, it's not on the approach play and the ball striking numbers that we typically like to look at. This guy does it around the greens. And I mentioned that there's 83 bunkers on this course and it is short. So it tends to be easier to hit the GIRs, but we have seen of the last few winners, a lot of guys gain strokes around the green and on the greens. And this guy is just a phenomenal putter, just so consistent. And his around the green play is absurd. Just his last four weighted events, he's gained over four strokes around the greens in each of those tournaments. And that's just enough to get him into contention. Now, if he could get the rest of the game going, then I think he's got opportunity here. And I think that we're getting a good number on Bazayden Howd at 45 to 50 to one. I think he's a better talent than that number suggests. So I think I might just be betting on the Christian Bazayden Howd. Anyone in this range, tickle your eye. Is it? No, that definitely wasn't the, the, the twinkle in your eye. Yeah, I don't need a tinkle in my eye. Thanks for uh, the <laughs> offer, though. Okay. I will oh, gladly tinkle in your eye. Yeah, I'm, out, I'm out for the tinkle in the eye. But um, yeah, names here. I mean, look, in this tournament, same kind of thing I'm going to. I can make a case for the postman. I can make a case for McNeely. We want putters. I mean, Andrew Putnam was hot fire down the stretch guy played really, really good to make a case for him. But I really look at these guys in the same kind of light. I look at guys that almost double the numbers that I'll get into in a little bit. And for that reason, I just don't feel any reason to take any of these guys in the 35, 45, 50 range. When um, I think they have the same amount of win equity as some guys further down the board. Understandable, understandable, completely. 
In this range, I know a lot of people we talked about, Sung J.M., Tom Kim, and this South Korean wave is coming. What do you think about C? Woo! Shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass at. You can find up to 50 to 1 on Siwoo Kim here, and this guy's been playing some sneaky good golf. Well, I'm seeing a 55 to 1 on him, but uh, with that being said, yeah, I mean, guy plays well at Wyndham every year. He likes these kind of tracks. He's a Bermuda guy, kind of a peak guy, peak die guy to be in with, anyways. But off the long layoff, kind of some of the stuff we talked about last week, unless I have a really good feeling or someone with a really good number, um, I'm personally laying off someone who's been off a few months at this. Normally, I'd like a Siwoo at a at 100 to 1 kind of number at 55 or 50. Just not for me. Last eight tournaments, he's gained over four strokes ball striking in half of those events. But <laughs> he's lost over three strokes putting in two, four, five of his last six events, including losing 12 strokes at the BMW, five at St. Jude, six at the Wyndham, the one place that you said, and he withdrew that time, actually, so that, that stat might be a little skewed. But, yeah, that putter is just so worrisome. It's just frustrating because he can get so damn hot on his approach and his ball striking. But I might bite the bullet there. I haven't decided completely on this range. He's someone in the arsenal I think certainly can make a run. And it came out recently, and we saw – not too long ago in the swing season, he has changed his putter and he has moved. I believe that they said that he had consulted with Adam Scott to the broomstick putter. And he's been using the, what do you even call that? Like the, that the long putter. I don't even know how, what they describe it as, but they, I've heard it known as the broomstick. So he's moved to that. And apparently we'll see how that goes. We saw Adam Scott do it and, or go back to it after it was outlawed. And it did wonders for him, especially last year, one of his best putting seasons of his career. Anyways, we'll continue rolling down this list, this 50 to 100 range. First guy standing out to me is Kurt Kitayama, a guy that we bet on plenty last year around the British Open time when he started to catch hot fire and I don't know. I think this is a good number on Kirk I'm up to 60 to one in certain places. You also got Gary Woodland in this area who seemingly should be healthy going into the season after having battled some injury issues over the last year or two. And then you've also got uh, Mackenzie Hughes played last week. That fits the mantra and the narrative of guys that played the week before the tournament of champions and Danny McCarthy, who I don't know, I would venture to say might be the best course fit of anybody maybe in this entire tournament. Yeah, well, um, this is kind of the range where I'm a little more interested. Um, I like like Alex Smalley, end of the year, just on fire, fifth at the RSM Classic, fourth at the Houston Open, 11th in Bermuda. He tends to play courses like this well, just uh, from where he was born and raised. Pretty sure he's a Duke boy, uh, really likes to win them. It's the kind of jams that get him going. So the 60 to one coming off uh, how he ended the year on fire. Really like him. Um, Woodland, like you mentioned, you don't have to pull my chain for Woodland on Bermuda. Um, I just think him in this quality of field, it, you also, I mean, 65 to one, I wouldn't mind him, but then getting to what you just said, 75 to one, I was talking, I told wait, you well, on the show. Hold on. Before you get to McCarthy, I just want to touch on Woodland really quick. 
you had, I mean, obviously you won the U S open what 2018, I believe at Pebble beach. I know you mentioned that as a comp course. So that was interesting fact number one. And then the other thing I wanted to mention on Woodland is he tends to struggle a lot at courses that require the driver and he plays a lot better when he can club down. He's got that disgusting stinger two iron. And I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to club down three wood and two irons this week. So that should bode well for him off the tee as well. All right. So, um, but yeah, as I was saying though, talked about six months ago, I was very con- loved Denny McCarthy last year was convinced that he was going to get a win last year, but then, once he was heating up, his numbers were just getting way too gross, like 30 to 1, 40 to 1 in solid fields. It wasn't for me. Now you're talking offseason's over uh, on a course where we're talking about you need a hot putter, a uh, kid that was born and raised putting on Bermuda, and now I'm getting 75 to 1 on him. Uh, for the price this week, Danny McCarthy is my favorite wager of the week. He had a stretch last year where he was T5 at the Memorial, the next week top 10 at the U.S. Open, Two weeks later, top six at John Deere and did it primarily, like you mentioned, with the putter. I mean, gaining a ton of strokes, just absolutely absurd numbers. But in two of those weeks where he finished top 10, actually all three of the weeks in a four-week stretch gained over two strokes on approach and all of them, including five at the John Deere. Can he have just that one week where the two come together and he gets the approach play going with that putter. I mean, this is the perfect event for that to, to happen. So I think you're you're hit the nail on the head with getting the value on the number here. So I dig it. I might uh, I might have a little shekels on Mr. McCarthy. Yeah, and then just a handful of other guys that we like in this long shot range. I haven't really finalized my card yet. I'm going to wait completely. But, I mean, I'll probably have enough room to take all of these because when you – when you start at Horschel at 33 to one, I could probably get seven, eight guys over in this range. And that's kind of like, again, another one who, you know what? I'm willing probably to bite the bullet, even though he was awful down the stretch last year, but 75 to one also on Webb Simpson guy who has fantastic course history here. It's the perfect kind of course. What are the ones that we mentioned that the comp courses we're talking about um, RBC, we're talking about Wyndham where he named his kid after, cause he loves it so much. Uh, I just, I think that, on this kind of track uh, could be worse of, of, of guys out there that, that I know he was awful down the stretch, but that's why you're getting a 75 to one on him. Um, other than him, hated Buckley 90 to one guy that just, I mean, his just raw numbers check out. Uh, he's going to have to be able to put the ball, which is his biggest issue. But again, any given week, anyone could uh, roll the rock. Like we saw um, last year when I had Hudson Swafford, 250 to one and he won just because he just got hot one random week rolling the rock. So kind of like him, Robbie Shelton, we discussed guy who another Bermuda guy grew up in the Southeast really like him. Um, His irons are just hot fire. If he can get the rock rolling, uh, I like his potential to pop Ben Griffin playing really good at these kind of courses. He completely choked at Bermuda had a six stroke lead, I believe on Sunday, but at 110 to one, uh, a guy, he's a quality player. And then a Will Gordon, 145 to one, playing really, really good, bombs the ball off the tee. Not necessarily what you need here, but look, you're just looking down. When you're looking for a triple digit, someone that's a lead at something can get hot with the putter. So, I mean, on the top of my head, those are kind of the other guys I'm looking at in this range for me personally. One guy I want to hit on is Hayden Buckley. Uh, if anybody is a longtime listener, I bet him a ton 
last year, especially during the swing season recently. Hell of a swing season. Rattled off three top 20 finishes, including a top five. You mentioned the putter being the thing that gives them the most trouble. He's gained strokes putting in three straight events, and that doesn't even include his top five at the Zozo where we don't have strokes gained putting. So maybe he's turning the, 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 the corner here. So certainly going to be in on Hayden Buckley. Robbie Shelton's another guy you mentioned that I'm a big fan of. Uh, one guy that I wanted to mention, you didn't talk about Ben Griffin. This guy had an absolute stellar rookie season. <laughs> exactly what I talked about. So I'm glad you listen when I talk. Right. Uh, well, anyways, I like Ben Griffin also. So there's, <laughs> there's that. And Nick Hardy, my boy, Nick Hardy party. I was on him quite a few times last year. He never did me right the weeks I took him and then would have a top 10 the week. I didn't haven't been able to hit the nail on the head with Mr. Hardy party, but it's coming. And this guy's a, a good young stud that you certainly want to get some investments into. So I'll be in on him. Let's see. Justin, sir. 150 to one, definitely a name to, and actually when we were talking earlier, by the way, I think you, I, I was thinking of Ben Griffin, but you said Ben Taylor, which is another guy that's in this uh, 175 to 200 to one range, but no, Mr. Griffin, Mr. Griffin. Ah, oh, but scratch ya. Who else do I like? You haven't touched on MJ DeFoo yet. Mood no, DeFoo. yeah, Moo DeFoo. I don't know. You know me. I have turned a lot of my efforts over the last six months or so into the DP World Tour. And I'll let you, you're the PGA Tour aficionado. I know what I'm doing, but I've been focusing a lot of my efforts on the DP World Tour. And he played a lot during the swing season on the World Tour and eh, wasn't impressed. So I'm not going to get to Mr. Moo DeFu, but. If I'm if I do want to give myself a rhyme here, check out instead of Moo Defu for Brandon Woo. All the way down there, you can find 250 to ones on Brandon Wu. He actually Monday qualified into this, so watch out, Carl Yuan, another guy from the Corn Ferry Tour, making his rookie year. This is his 2023 debut. Keep an eye out for him. Davis Thompson's another guy. Shit, Jay, you can get Davis Thompson at 250 to one. We were taking him at like 80 to one over the swing season. Yeah, not my kind of track for him. He's more of a bomber off the tee. Um, but point understood. Point understood. Mark Hubbard was another guy. He was like the outright favorite at one of the swing season events, of like like 16 to one. And now you can find him for 250 to one. It's fucking weird. I never understood that. Nick Taylor's the Canadian. I, I, I certainly have been a fan of his. I, I love the deep down this board. I mean, the only things that I think I've truly locked in so far would be Cam Davis. I think I will be with you on Mr. McCarthy. I am making this decision. I want to add some potentially some Kitty Yama, potentially some Bazaden Hout, and I will be on Buckley. Shelton and then shit this whole range. I feel like opportunities galore that I'm going to pick, uh, pick some of those names that I just mentioned. So as in totality, what what do you think you're going to end up uh, finalizing on this card of yours? Yeah. I mean, pretty much what I said, same kind of thing. Looking, sounding like a horseshoe, maybe someone else in the range. If I can get maybe a little late drift on Hoagie, you know, I'm a sucker for him. I may do that because 
other than that though i may just be underweight when i say underweight i may be like seven guys but um six of them between 75 and, and 145 it's kind of what i'm looking at right now in this kind of tournament like i told you i got a feeling i like sun jm on this course a lot i like the fit he struck the ball fantastic last week but i normally don't get there at 12 to 1 so i'll probably be on him and like one and done and drafting formats that um and then just in the outright market like i said probably stick in that range um I don't really know who else I would really like. I mean, I like Henley, honestly, this week a lot. He struck the ball great last week. Uh, he was an atrocious putter, atrocious, which is not surprising. But another guy from the southeast uh, growing up as a Georgia Bulldog, um, I could see him when you go from, again, like we mentioned earlier, undulating, like really slow greens last week to flat, uh, quicker greens this week. It's completely different putting style. So I'll throw out last week completely. So I kind of like, but like at 20 to one, I don't know if I'm getting to Henley, a guy that just uh, is a notorious choker. So again, other than that, uh, I haven't decided yet completely. Our goal here, Brandon, not to give our complete card. Our goal is to give out information, talk through as many players quickly as possible, get out to people uh, and let them decide for themselves. Right. So right now I'm leading a, a horseshoe and probably a handful of just lower tier guys that I think have the upside to win a tournament. Let's move into our matchups portion of the segment. We'll go full tournament, 72-hole matchups. I wish I went a little bit harder last week. If anyone listened, I had mentioned going and fading Xander Shoffley due to that lingering back issue. And lo and behold, second round comes around, and Mr. Shoffley withdraws. Would have won a lot more money if I committed a little bit deeper. When you get those hunches, certainly take them. As I look into the matchup board, one thing you must know about Golf Picks with the Plotniks, the way that me and my brother like to bet matchups, we are always leaning underdogs, give us value. With there being cuts especially, you're giving yourself a ton of opportunity by taking underdogs, especially in golf. It's just a, one of those variable sports. Anything can happen. So first matchup that I'm digging here is how about give me a Deki Matsuyama plus 109 versus Brian Harmon. I mean, the reigning defending champion never finished worse than top 20 at this event. And he's an underdog. Uh, much better talent, much better player, official world offerings to Brian Harmon. Not understanding that line. So digging that one for starters. And then I uh, want another underdog that I like, and I'll, I'll jump to you. We can kind of go back and forth is I'm, I think I'm going to take your boy. Give me Billy Horschel plus 130 versus Corey Connors. Why on earth Corey Connors is minus 160 favored versus anybody? Maybe you could argue it's due to that potential injury ridden issue that Horschel's dealing with. I don't think, I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think he was just upset with the swing. I don't think it is an actual physical ailment necessarily. And Corey Connors, sure. He's played really well here over the years, but all it takes is one bad putting week and he's fucking toast. So I like the the opportunity at plus one thirty on Horschel. Yeah, of course I got a, I mean, look, if I'm going to be adamant about the one guy I'm against this week, that's to put my money where my mouth is. So <clears throat> Horschel plus 130 over Connors for me. Um, don't have to say much more about that that we've already touched on. And Hoagie plus 115 over Connors. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to double down against Connors in this light for more of the reasons I talked about earlier with Hoagie as well. I know you won't like this, and I have a six-pack, so that's two of the first six. 
Fading speed. Uh, thank you. you no, no, look, no, no, no. I'm just saying that two guys that you liked, and um, I'm not as high as on Bazaden Hoot as you. So I'm taking Cam Davis minus 125 over Bazaden Hoot. I just don't see the course fit really for Bazaden Hoot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Again, I, know I said I wouldn't like it. I only talked for, for five minutes about how I bet on Cam Davis. And you also talked for five minutes how you like Bazaden Hoot on this course. Yeah. Okay. Proceed. <laughs> so yeah, three others. Um, ben Griffin minus one thirty over Thompson. I know, like we, you brought up Thompson earlier. I just don't see the course fit here. I see it's a perfect course fit for Mister Griffin. So again, I don't normally get. I'll never lay over one thirty in a matchup. So that was kind of the as far as I go. But I just love um, the head-to-head matchup there. We got McCarthy minus one twenty over Kurt Kitayama. Um, Again, we still we talk. We did a good job of touching all these guys really quickly, so I don't really have to repeat myself. But uh, last but not least, I'm just going Will Gordon plus one fifteen over Hardy. I, I have nothing negative really about Hardy, but again, when I think of matchups, a coin flip at best, and I'm getting plus one fifteen, I'm going to take it every time. Yeah, one more I'm eyeing here. I just think that this is mispriced. At the end of the day, you talked about Webb Simpson briefly, but. Give me Webb minus one fifteen versus minus one fifteen, aka basically a pick'em versus Chris Kirk. I mean, Chris Kirk sucked last year. Everybody like slobbers all over his fucking knob, like at ball wow. striking at ball striking tracks and like wow, any- slobbers all over the knob and then you get to ball striking. Interesting. <laughs> if it was ball, if this was a ball busting track, I mean the guy would be number one on my leaderboard, but. For ball striking, yeah, I'll take Webb all day out of Pickham versus the ex-alcoholic Chris Kirk. So that's one that I eyed. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I want some investment in Woodland because I'm not going to take him out right. Plus 110 versus JT Poston. But, look, the postman delivers, except on Sundays. But, hey. I'll, some I'll, Sundays he does, though. Some Sundays he does. Yeah, he's, he's shown that he uh, – he will show up and drive that vehicle right down the fucking right up the driveway. Not pass out the mail every few Sundays a year. Ah, aside from that, I am just rambling. So let's not waste any more of anybody's time. Any first round leaders or props or something you just want to post up on that Twitter closer. Yeah. This is not kind of my week when it comes to first round leaders. Cause I did do some due diligence on the front end and which is something that would get you a little rap. I saw that the last six years here, the PM wave has been the first round leader, which is, you know, we talk all the time on here. If you're, uh, uh, if you're a first time caller, a long time listener, you would be, you won't understand that. Um, we talk about how I'd say 75, 80% of first round leaders come out of the early wave on the PGA tour last year, kind of proved that as we kind of dissected that, but I don't know how much that means. Also, though, the one thing I did hear, though, is the wind's supposed to be up Thursday morning and kind of starts to die down after a few hours. So I really I'm going to be very, very light on the first round leader market this week, lighter than normal, just because, as everyone knows, and I'm repeating that I like to take guys early in the morning before a wind picks up in most tournaments on the PGA Tour. How do you play knowing that you sleep in every day till 2 p.m.? Don't even have to sweat it. I love where your head's at there, buddy. All right. 
that should do it. If you would like the final official plays, follow the farmer at Jared P underscore on Twitter at Jared P underscore on Twitter. You can follow me as well at B Plotnik sports at B Plotnik sports. That'll do it for this edition of golf picks with the Plotniks, the Sony open. Good luck, everybody. GLTA.